Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Any residue of racism has no place in a Christian. You're professing to be a Christian and yet you have a problem with somebody's pigmentation? I don't think you're a Christian. That's an issue. Now, racism and stereotyping are two different things. Two different things. Because stereotyping is holding you to a character of some sorts. Associate you with a, a character group. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. In today's message, Pastor Max stresses that Christians shouldn't have racism in their hearts or minds. Even if you grew up in an environment where racism was an issue, it's time to let go of old beliefs and move on in the love of Christ. Jesus died for all, which means you and everyone from all corners of the earth. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Joshua chapter 5 as he continues his message, We Need to Talk. I think that we all are kind of taught racism from in one way or another. I believe we are. But I would just speak from my own experience as a black man. So here it is, whether it's direct or indirectly, this is the main hub or quote that will come out. It'd be this, or was this, as I grew up younger. Watch out for the white man. The white man is out to get you. Or watch out for that white man. The white man's the devil. Now, to be fair, it's still racism. But why would they say that was the question I had in my mind. And, you know, you think about it. They grew up in the 40s and 50s, in the 60s, right? And so my grandparents earlier than that. And they would say things that happened to them. So they had this in their mindset already about what happened to them, their experiences, and it was passing it on. Hey, watch out because, you know, this would happen to me. I never forget when I joined the Navy, my pop was like, I don't know, man, all the things they did to me and whatnot. But it wasn't so bad that they told me it because I realized quickly that it didn't make any sense. I mean... We lived in a trailer park, feel me? That's pre-poor, before you poor, you live in a trailer park. That's what, you know, then you graduate to poor. <laughs> and there were whites, blacks, Latinos, Filipinos, in the trailer park. And we all did the same thing. The goal was to get out of the trailer park. That was the whole goal. So our values were different and I quickly realized that that's what they went through, but not necessarily what I was going through. And almost 50 years old, and we're talking about as far south as North Carolina, all the way up to Connecticut. Racism exists. Don't get me twisted. I'm not gullible. I understand it does. I've seen it in Russia, especially. What's a black man doing in Russia? Well, you want to talk about that at all? No. Or is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we can talk later about that, okay? But the point is, I've seen it and, and, and experienced it, but not the narrative that they're pushing here in America. 
It's a, it's a false narrative for a demonic purpose. So when they told me that, I kind of understood where they were coming from from their past, but racism is taught. And it has no place in America or anywhere for that matter. And especially any residue of racism has no place in a Christian. You're professing to be a Christian, and yet you have a problem with somebody's pigmentation? I don't think you're a Christian. That's an issue. Now, racism and stereotyping are two different things. Two different things. Because stereotyping is holding you to a character of some sorts. Associate you with a, a character group. Listen to this. Consider these words captured in the book of Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 10. The word of God reads, And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. You get my point? What she wore classified her as a prostitute. That's a stereotype. So we have to be careful and cautious. No people's culture, yep, so you don't falsely stereotype them with something else that's negative. And there's all kinds of different types of stereotypes. But anyway, this, there's some that are very harmless, like black people like chicken. That's a harmless stereotype. It does cover the breadth of the people, but it's not racial. And I will tell you right now, that stereotype is absolutely correct. <laughs> Especially Chick-fil-A chicken, oh, man. man. You're I making me hungry. Sunday, man. <laughs> but anyway, you know, that's, that's kind of how it all Okay. Uh, thank you for that. That really... Appreciate you delineating between racism and stereotyping. Yeah. So, all right. Speak to who and what is Black Lives Matter. Okay. What I'm about to do is just give you some excerpts from their website. And I encourage you to look it up yourself. So you have a, a broad a narrow, a narrow understanding of each item that they do, but broadly in, in, in context of what they're really about. So dissecting it, if you will. And pray for me as I read this stuff. I'm going to read to you their origins, how they came about. I'm quoting. It says four years ago, but later they've been established, I think, for six years now. What is now known as the Black Lives Matter Global Network began to organize. It started out as a chapter-based, member-led organization whose mission was to build local power and, listen, to intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes, end quote. So, when you're asking the question, how come all black lives don't matter based on what they do, they, they tell you right here. They're not concerned with all black lives. Only those that are inflicted by the state and vigilantes. Follow me? Moving on. Quoting. We've committed to struggling together to imagining and creating a world free 
of anti-blackness where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. Now, my question is simple. Can anybody tell me what anti-blackness looks like? What is it? They don't qualify it, nor quantify it, except a world free. But what if a world free of anti-blackness meant a world filled with anti-whiteness? They also say this, quoting, Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. And that state, I mention that because that state-sanctioned violence must be where they get police brutality from. And I make that a point because they just issued a new statement saying that their purpose is to, quoting, defund the police. Now listen carefully to this one. Quoting, we are unapologetically black in our positioning. My question would be, What's your position? Here's the answer. In affirming that black lives matter, we need not qualify our position. Now listen very carefully to this. We were talking about this earlier. So basically what they're saying is they can say anything they want at any time they want with impunity. And we can't say anything. They can say anything. We can't say anything. So uh, we were talking about this as well before. Um, you you might have already seen signs like this. If not, you will. Uh, the sign will read something to the effect of, no lives matter until black lives matter. Think about that. Let that sink in. That's basically what they're saying is that black lives matter is supreme. The supremacy, it supersedes everything and everyone else. That is their stated position. And if you question them, you can't because they reserve the right based on their position. Their position. What position? The position. And think about this. You got churches and Christians that are choosing sides and stating formally going on record and saying that we are and we stand with Black Lives Matter. Now, we were talking about this uh, before and the question came up, do they really know? Is that just out of ignorance? Or is there something else going on here, which is actually something we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, do you have anything else you want to share on that? Just, or? I, just one more thing, okay. I guess. I mean, to, to your point, I mean, right behind that statement, they say this too, and, and it, it marries exactly what you're saying. Listen to this. To love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. Yeah, it's an unspoken supremacy. It's almost like black supremacy. You know, you have white supremacy and you have black supremacy. It's almost a flip 
of that uh, demonic dynamic. It is. And please understand that this is a Marxist group. They operate based on intimidation and violence. They incite it. They say also that they disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. Yeah. I hope you understand that. Um, I I guess it would be fair to say that uh, Black Lives Matter is a vehicle uh, being used, being driven by these unseen powers that are using this movement to implement their agenda. Right. The political agenda for here is to defund the police and come up with a new policing system for political purposes. There's no question about it. And and mind you this, although Black Lives Matter is being led by black people on the forefront, it is overly funded by whites. Yeah. Uh, It is public record. The amount of money, and we're talking about a whole lot of money. Oh, my goodness. Millions. And who is behind it and who the money goes to. And you know what is so sad uh, is they're using black people to and their end. Young people. And young people, yeah. Yeah. You know, when uh, we were talking about this in a, a prior update, you know, Planned Parenthood was born out of the eugenics movement. I'm, I'm sorry for saying it that way, for lack of a better way of saying it, but it was actually birthed out of the eugenics movement. And Planned Parenthood, which was really uh, started by Bill Gates's father, uh, but the intention with Planned Parenthood was to reduce the population of black people, which is why, by the way, and you'll you can find this, uh, it's public record. Planned Parenthoods were strategically placed in black neighborhoods to reduce the population of black people. I don't know if you knew that or not. The point is this, is that the black people are being exploited, they're being used. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3, uh, which we're going to take and tackle on Sunday, but uh, subsequent to verse 3, Paul then goes on, to describe after the rapture and the Antichrist is revealed, then there's going to be this strong delusion, deception, that God himself will send. And it will be accompanied by the mystery of lawlessness that's already at work. And so there's, there's, it's going to be the description of the world subsequent to the rapture and the revelation of the Antichrist will be a world that is completely deceived. And it will be riddled with lawlessness. You know, I had a, uh, an online member send me an email just suggesting, and I never thought of it this way, but it could have merit to it, that particularly in Minnesota, Whenever I've been there uh, to speak at Jan Markell's conference, I mean, it is uh, basically taken over by Muslims from Somalia. And so, but it's strategic there in Minnesota. And you think about what's happening right now in Seattle. The gateway is coming in from Canada, from the north. 
And the idea is, and it's very plausible, that the defunding, the dismantling of our current law and order will be to usher in another form of law. Some suggest could even be the likes of a Sharia law. Which, by the way, and this, I don't want to get uh, too far off on this, but uh, for those of you who understand what Islamic Sharia law is, it is the perfect storm for the Antichrist because it is absolute totalitarian control under this form of law. And I, I've made this comment, I don't want to uh, belabor it, but uh, you know, there is, I believe, and I say it this way for a reason, and not to be cryptic, but there is a controlled demolition of our current world order in order to usher in the new world order. And that includes a new reset of our current law and order. This again is something I want to uh, talk more about on Sunday, is this global reset. Everything is reset, reimagined, and our current order of law is completely uh, reimagined with a new uh, form of law. Um, so discuss now the, and we're calling it a demonic response that uses black people and racism. I think we've, um, we've seen this before, you know, in a, in a smaller setting. Now it is just, you know, magnified. And we should not be surprised, though, because Jesus prophesies about this. He speaks about that, and we're seeing it fulfilled, coming to its fulfillment today. And we're talking about Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7. The word of God reads, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Now, my focus is on the, the first part of the verse, verse 7, which reads, For nation will rise against nation. Now, we know that in the Greek, the word nation is ethnos, meaning ethnic. So it's telling us that ethnic group will rise against ethnic group. And look at the wording, rise against. This is not about equality. It's about dominance. And that's what we have here. And we're seeing that. And as a church, we recognize that we are different, but that does not cascade how we look at someone's character, the color. No, we see it, but we're Christians first. That's the way it should be. Now, how is this demonic influence utilizing this race to just break down the nation? Oh my goodness. Who has the target on their back right now? We said the white people, right? Okay. So I'm going to set the church aside. Church, you should know already, this is coming. But what about everybody else who has not come to find Jesus yet? All right? 
So all those white people here in America, you have three, I guess what you call it, um, areas where you can find refuge. The prayer for us is you find number one, which is Christ Jesus. Oh man, then you could see all of this happening through the lens of the true living God. And that'll make all this moot and you'll live in peace because you'll have that peace that surpasses all understanding, right? But this is how we're going to see it. Roads two and three. Road number two is that you fold into this collective unit of Black Lives Matter. You fall into that movement because you're afraid. Maybe you don't want to ruffle feathers. Maybe you believe in it. Maybe you're ignorant. I don't know. Others are going to say, wait a minute. I might be white, but I didn't cause slavery. Why do I have to suffer and do what you say do? Because when you fold into that collective fold of Black Lives Matter, you are under their control. You don't have a mind. You must think like they do. So this other group is going to be considered far right no matter if they're not. Do you hear me? So what's going to end up happening is somebody on the far right is going to do something. And when they do, it's going to pseudo-validate Black Lives Matter. And they'll grow bigger and more demonic. Do you see it? It's a shame. So you, know? you, had, a, you had a couple of statistics oh, yeah. that you wanted to share. Listen to this. This is really interesting. And the reason why I mentioned this is because the name they have, Black Lives Matter, they already said in their statement, they really don't care about black lives. It's an agenda that they care about. Power, control, and also demonically influenced. But I care about black people. I care about all people. So it's just amazing to me that all of those who are following this movement, all of those, from black all the way to the brightest white one, you think you're helping black people, huh? You're not. You're adding to the problem. Check out these stats. How come only 6% of black males represent nearly 50% of all violent crimes in America? Let that sink in. Read that again. 6%. 6% of black males represent 50% of all violent crimes. Here in America. It just seems to me that that's a bigger problem. But Black Lives Matter don't care about that and they already said it in their statement. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. In it, you'll find God's heart on so many matters and be able to catch His vision for your life, especially during this time in our nation's history. It's important to stay firmly connected to the truth of God's Word and the love that He has for all the world, every person, no matter who they are. That includes you. Maybe, as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible and maybe you even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. 
If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is so important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to join our family of believers. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in. Join Pastor J.D. next time for more truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.